Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. It's time for our week six waiver wire pickups. And we were, we were kind of just talking about this a minute ago where I'm really watching this day, beginning to do our research for these waiver wire pickups and didn't really feel like there was a whole lot of options out there for the first half of these games, but guys really started to emerge. And now I feel like there's, you know, there's some significant talent out there worth picking up some more injuries. The poor Giants, man, they had uh, one of their best offensive linemen in their guard get hurt. Their offensive tackle banged up two of their wide receivers. Now a third of their wide receivers, their quarterback and their running back is hurt. Yes. Um, at this point, you guys should be trying to shoot the moon and not win any games. Let's be honest. But Anyways, as always, we're going to go by position, and then we're also going to give you our top five overall pickups and try to break them down and hopefully give you some advice. As always, remember to contextualize this based on your league, right? you got to understand your scoring and what it looks like for you. For example, if you're 0-5 heading into week six, it's probably not time for you to be picking up one week, guys, for you to plug and play. You want to pick up some young studs or or whatever, Um, but let's get right into it. Let's start off with the first of our top five guys that you should consider picking Picking up this week. And wait, Rob, before we can get into the video, we forgot something. I don't know how we forgot it, but we got a contest running. Um, do you want to explain the details of them to the contest? Because we, we wanted to give away some merch, I guess, whatever you'd call it. Yeah, so we've been following us for a while. We started out first couple of years. We had a lot of growth. We did really well. We had to take a strategic pause, but now we're trying to get our momentum back and we're excited. Uh, and we love interacting with you guys. So one of the things that we want to do is we're going to want to, it's an opportunity for you to win a free NFL jersey. It costs you nothing. All you have to do is help us with subscribers, yeah. and we're going to launch a video to give you all the details of how to go about that, what that's going to entail. So watch for us. When is that going to be out? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully in a day or two. Let's be honest. I got no idea. <laughs> you got no idea? We're thinking that either Monday or Tuesday, but watch our subscriber video. You'll find out how to get a free NFL jersey. Once again, it's free. It's easy for you. It'll be a lot of fun. We've done this before. Uh, so look to that. I think that's pretty much it. All right. Well, I'm super excited about that, but enough amount announcements. Let's start in and get to those top five guys. So the number one guy on our list is Kadarius Toney, uh, the wide receiver for the Giants. You know, you're talking about the Giants, all the injuries they had. And I was, I was hearing that. I thought about if you're a Giants fan, your pain is our pleasure because of the, the slew of injuries we've had. It actually created some pretty nice opportunities for fantasy. And this guy that I'm actually really excited about, he is 86% available. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy at the beginning of the year is buried on the depth chart, this rookie. Uh, now, he was forced into action two weeks ago because of injuries to Shepard and Slayton. Uh, he came in there, and last week he did okay. He had a pretty good game, six catches, 78 yards, and I thought he looked nice. I thought he looked pretty good, especially considering first real action for him as a rookie. Um, but the guy's just a temporary failing due to injuries, right? Like, he's not somebody long-term you can look at. No, this guy is so much more than that. He's a former first-round pick, 20th overall. Yeah, and a, a first-round pick that, and you mentioned it earlier as we begin to talk about this before we got into the video, like, this is a guy who, it didn't make sense. They just added John Ross, who, wasn't John Ross a former first-round pick? He was pick? a former first-round And they pick, added yeah. Kenny Galladay, and they had uh, Shepard and Slayton, like, they had tons of weapons. Why did they draft this guy? Well, maybe today was why. Yeah, it didn't make any sense, and they spent a lot of money on Kenny Galladay. They had other needs that were there. A lot of people are confused by the pick when they grabbed this guy, but the 20th overall pick in the first round, the Florida rookie, um, I tell you what, now we're seeing why they liked him so much. We're seeing why they wanted him so badly. Now, I think when Shepard comes back and Slayton comes back, um, they're not going to significantly reduce his role because he has looked great, and they'd be foolish to do that. He's a great dynasty pick, and he's starting to develop really solid redraft value. Uh, you look at uh, Dynasty Leagues. In fact, uh, I want to brag a little bit on this one. Um, I, I lost my first game in one league. I was 4 going this. I'm going to lose. That's fine. But it was offset by a pickup I made last week that I'm pretty excited about. I run a Dynasty League, and I picked up Tooney in that league. 
and you're in a dynasty league that a friend of ours runs, and you picked him up last week. It's going great. So I'm very happy with the week that he's had. It kind of offsets my loss there. Today he blows up. 10 catches, 189 yards. And he would actually have more, but he got ejected because of a scrum. There's a little fight. He got ejected out of the game. So you're going to have to watch that to see if he gets a one-game suspension. But this guy looks really good. And what solidified his redraft value and where he's at, Kenny Galladay left with a knee injury. He didn't come back. So I don't know how severe that is, but he just looks too good. He was making athletic catches. He was getting open. He's got a very competitive nature to him. I like this guy. You should pick him up, especially if you're in Dynasty Leagues. I'm glad we grabbed him last week because I tell you what, after this week, he is not going to be available. Yeah, you're going to have to have number one waiver priority to get this guy. Here's what really stands out for me. Wide receiver, like, that was such a monster day. Ten catches, 189 yards. Let's be honest, five catches for just 89 yards as for a rookie wide receiver, that'll catch your attention, yes. right? But sometimes you wonder when a guy, maybe he gets you 50 to 80 yards or whatever and a touchdown, and you think, okay, that's great, but is he going to be able to keep it up? Mm-hmm. Like 10 catches for 189 yards, guys, that's something that gets the coaches to change the game script a little bit. Like they are going to find a way to get him the ball. You know what I mean? That is so huge number that you just, you can't ignore it. They're going to force the ball his way. You know what it was reminiscent of me when I watched him is uh, the year that Odell Beckham came out of the league. Mm-hmm. Missed first four games, he had some injuries, but then when he started to play, he just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it reminded me a little bit of watching this guy. I'm not saying he's going to be Odell Beckham, but uh, definitely uh, he's very good. You've got to grab this guy. He's the one guy that made what started to be a pretty boring day as far as waiver wires go kind of an exciting day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe of all the things that we talk about, this is probably one of those things that reminds us you really want to be as far ahead as possible because if you didn't pick him up, now you are using your number one waiver priority on this guy. Like that's going to definitely, that's kind of costly, you know? Yeah. But let's move on to our number two guy. Our number two guy that you must pick up or at least consider taking a look at is Hunter Henry. He has seriously etched out a role in that offense. Take a look at the last game. He had eight targets, six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Not only are those really good numbers for a tight end, he has slowly been increasing his role. In fact, he has 15 catches over the last three games. And let's be honest, I think he's made it fairly clear that he is the number one tight end over John Smith. And he's probably their number one pass catching option, right? In an offense with a rookie quarterback who is developing, Mac Jones looks far from elite. But let's be honest right now, Rob, would you say it's a stretch to say that of all the rookie quarterbacks, he probably looks the best? Yeah, that's hard to say. I see, you know, Davis Mills look better today, and you see some of my guys improving, and Lawrence is making that, you know, I mean, whatnot. But uh, he's definitely looked the most, I guess I would say, the most stable at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of those guys are just jumping off at you being great. But he probably at this point looks good, composed. He hasn't had a lot of good weapons, so it's kind of hard to gauge mm-hmm. where he's at. But I think he's uh, definitely got a decent future. He looked really good the week before. Yeah, he did. Back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. He has been very productive. And one of, you know, one of the reasons we bumped him so high up on this top five list is there's not a whole lot out there for tight end, right? Especially when you look at some of the few guys who were doing well, like Gronk. Then he goes down with an injury, and suddenly you're scraping and you're looking. And, you know, if this guy's out there, which he should be for you, he's 55% available. That's too good not to pick up. Yeah, I made a, I don't know if you'd call it a mistake or not, but I'm in a dynasty league. I got George Kittle. I knew he was banged up, but it looked like it wasn't going to be too severe, you know, the whole kind of the, yeah. the calf thing. Uh, now they put him on the IR. He's out for at least three games. 
Um, I look at season ending, but I wanted to pick him up. I almost picked up Hunter Henry this week just as security, and I didn't. I need him now. Um, and now these went on the IR, George Kittle, and I don't know if I'm going to get him. Um, so I feel like that was a mistake on my part. You got Rob Gronkowski. You thought it was only a minor injury, but sure enough, he broke every bone in his leg. I know. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, early in the week, it looked like it was a strain. He played through the week before, but yeah, so I'm going to desperately go after this guy. I hope I can grab him. Um, but he's going to be another one that uh, people are going to grab off there fast. Yeah, so why don't we move on to our number three pickup? But for sure, of all the tight ends out there right now, I think he's the most valuable by far. Now, to our number three pickup this week is another guy for the Giants because I know you're getting hammered injuries. That's Devonta Booker. He is 96 been available out there, that running back. Um, man, I love Saquon Barkley. I do. I love this guy. But once again, injuries can haunt this guy. He just cannot seem to stay healthy. He came back and today it was an ankle injury. At least that's what it appeared to be initially. We'll have to hear the extent of the injury, see what happens there. But I tell you what, immediately after he limped the sidelines, they took his shoe and his sock off, and it was pretty swollen. It's like it, a softball. It was. It didn't look good. He was immediately ruled out of the game. So I think even at the very best, even if it's just a sprain, um, based on the severity of that sprain, he's going to miss at least a week or two. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm suspecting. Hopefully it's not anything more than that. But here we go. Next man up is Booker. Um, this is a guy that's good in the passing game. If you look at his career, what he's done there, he's also solid in the running game. I would say great. Certainly not Saquon Barkley-type talent level there, but he's a decent fill-in. He's been in the league since 2016. His first four years with Denver, and his biggest year was his rookie year there that he got some carries and performed admirably. I won't say great, but he was decent. He's been a quality backup. He was mostly in relief in third-down situations, but he's very serviceable and very solid. Now, the downside for him at this point could be that uh, Jones may not be the quarterback next week. He left the concussion. Hopefully he can get cleared to play by next weekend. If Glenn's your starting quarterback, obviously that limits that offense a little bit there. But today he goes out. He's the primary back after Saquon leaves, and he has two touchdowns, and he gets carries, and he gets uh, targets in the passing game. And so he's going to be their lead back. You need to pick him up. I know that he's not – I mean, it's much more exciting to get like a Tooney, who not only looks great, he's got a high ceiling, he's great in dynasty leagues. A guy like this, I'm like, eh. But I tell you what, at the end of the year, when you're scraping for that last win to either get a buy in the playoffs or even to get in the playoffs, sometimes a back like this that can win you one week is exactly what you need, especially as injuries are piling up and we're getting into bye weeks. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. This is the opposite of a Kadarius Tooney pick. This is not a dynasty pickup. This is not a long-term pickup. This is going to buy you time and get you an extra win. And those one wins, they can mean something. Or even... If you tie, I've seen records tie and then they go by conference or maybe they go by total fantasy points. Like that makes a difference. I remember quite a long time ago, this was back when David Garrard played. I made the playoffs because my quarterback was out because I did the whole don't draft a quarterback thing. And I played David Garrard one week and he threw like three touchdowns. And I ended up looking back and thinking like, I barely squeaked in the playoffs that year. I was not nearly as good at fantasy as I am now. But you think about how funny that is like, if you make that right plug and play, it really can make the difference. If you make the wrong one or you don't pick up Booker and you just sit without a running back for a week, like that's going to bite you later on for sure. Um, now, I guess the reason I bring that up is because really, I think the people watching this video, like our subscribers, you guys are awesome. You guys really, you know that. Um, but I think the thing that can be really tempting for us is I don't want to use a waiver spot. I don't want to pick this guy up. I don't want to use a roster spot. I really think that you should. It's sort of survival of the fittest. Just get by one more week. Just manage it one step at a time. That's uncomfortable. You want to look to the future. You want to start thinking. We hear people, I've already heard the conversations. What's his matchup come fantasy playoff time? You know what? Don't look that far ahead. You got to stick to the here. You got to get to the postseason before you can worry about that matchup, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ironically, the people who talk about that the most don't make it very much but let's get on to our number four pickup so the number four guy we're at this week is michael carter running back for the jets 56 percent available out there i'll be very honest with you 
I'm not a big fan of this guy. I'm not a big fan of that offense. And I do think he has limited dynasty value. Um, his efficiency hasn't been good. His yards per carry haven't been good. He's playing on a bad offense with a defensive-minded coach in Soleil um, and a rookie quarterback. So are you excited to grab him? Well, I'm a little excited to grab him. I kind of convinced you to bump him yes. up the list a little more than you wanted. No, you're not super excited to grab him, but what's the argument there? So there are reasons to look at grabbing this guy, even though Nish is like, uh, I'm not huge on him. One, he's their clear back. And I tell you what, half the battle is opportunity. He's their yeah. clear lead back. Earlier they look like a running back by committee, but he's clearly distancing himself from the other guys there as their lead back. Um, and it's at a position, running back, that's very hard to find. Like I just said, injuries are beginning to pile up. Bye weeks are coming. The old saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. This could be it for you right here. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a rookie. Uh, fourth round pick out of North Carolina. And as a rookie, it means that there's a learning curve there, which tells me that, you know, he has room to improve. We probably haven't seen the best that he could become. It's much different if he's a rookie who's struggling versus a six-year veteran who we've kind of seen his ceiling. Mm-hmm. This guy, we don't know. He could continue to improve. He's had back-to-back touchdowns. And three of the last four weeks, he had double-digit carries. He had three catches today for 20 yards. So I like that. They use him all facets of the game. Another thing I think that can we maybe assume is going to happen there as the year goes on, Zach Wilson will improve. Um, that offense will improve. And he, if he improves as a quarterback, it'll create some space for running backs who want to see as many full boxes. Because I'll tell you what, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm playing them right now, I load the box, I shut down the run, I put pressure on the rookie quarterback. But as he improves, it should spread some things out a little bit, get some more red zone carries. So, yes, there is value in grabbing this guy. And the reason why we have number four, even though you don't love his efficiency, is he is a running back and he's a clear lead back at this point. Yeah, you know, and that's the other thing. You mentioned dynasty. I get it. Not huge dynasty value there, but that can turn around quickly. Mm-hmm. Remember that the worst offense in the NFL one year was the Rams, followed up by the next year the Rams being the best offense in the NFL. And with guys like who are just complete floaters and just question marks like, you know, the Jets could get Deshaun Watson next year. Or suddenly the second half of this season we see how awesome Zach Wilson is. Like, things can turn around quick. Don't leave dead weight on your bench. This is a young guy who, again, he's really some pieces around him away from being a good fantasy back. When you beat out the running back by committee, which is kind of hard to beat out. Coaches love it. It feels safe. It feels comfortable, and it's easy. When you are beating that out, it shows you're productive. He's just He is really a better offense away from being a very good fantasy back. All right. And the number five guy this week is another running back, Al Collins, running back for Seattle, 62% available out there. Um, I think a lot of assume that they're going to bring Chris Carter back, and not Chris Carter, but Chris Carson back for the next game. But Pete Carroll came out today, and he said he's not sure if he'll be ready or not for the next game. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with a lingering neck injury there, and uh, it's day-to-day at this point. But like you had said, we've seen day-to-day all of a sudden get flipped on its head quickly, yeah. uh, whether it be Kittle or Gronkowski, you yeah. name it. Now, if you look at uh, Al Collins a week before, he looked solid. I think he had like 10 or 11 carries. He was efficient, had a touchdown. And there's been stretches in the NFL where this guy has actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Back in 2017 with the Ravens, he had 973 rushing yards, 4.6 yards per carry. He had 23 catches. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he looked good last week, and he started him. In fact, I had to start him this week because I had Joe Mixon, and I wasn't sure where to go, so I just picked up Collins. I felt like it was a safer plan Thursday night. And he was a little bit disappointing for me. 15 carries, 47 yards, uh, and he did salvage a little bit with two catches for 25 yards there. I was hoping for a little bit more there. Mm-hmm. But one, if... You know, Chris Carson misses any time there. He's going to be the clear lead back. Uh, the one thing I would say when it comes to neck injuries, that's the one injury you've seen with a lot of other injuries. It's hard to recover. They linger on during the season. You're taking so many hits. And I've seen backs have these or 
players actually, had these neck injuries, they're okay, they play a game or so or a quarter and boom, they get hit, they're re-injured and they're out again. So to me, this is a very tenuous injury. I think it could linger on for quite a while, meaning that he's going to have some long-term value. Definitely need to handcuff him if you own Chris Carson. Uh, the one thing that I don't like, um, well, you know, I guess it could play it either way. Uh, Geno Smith's going to be the quarterback there starting. Mm-hmm. The bad side of that is it's not Russell Wilson. Yeah. Okay. The good side of it is if I'm the coach, I'm not going to throw the ball as much. I want to lean on the running game. And I remember a couple years ago when they brought a six lineman there and they ran the ball hard. I wonder if they're going to begin to do that or employ that tactic a little bit until mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's back there. So it might bring a little bit extra carries. But you definitely have to consider Alex Collins there. He's a guy that, uh, when Chris Carson's out, is a very quality back. Yeah, you know, this felt like a really straightforward situation. Um, then Russell Wilson gets hurt. This changes everything. For one, if your star quarterback is hurt, you're going to rush your running back back? No, that is even more reason they're going to give him time. If there's any question marks to his health, you're not playing your running back when your quarterback's out. It just doesn't make sense, you know? Um, so then that's going to help him a lot. You totally said it. One, that was, you know, a couple years ago, they ran a fifth or, or excuse me, a sixth offensive lineman like 20% of the time. It was crazy, um, but it worked for them back then. Pete Carroll clearly knows how to run that type of offense, which most coaches don't know how to do. And here's the big thing that you mentioned. He's actually... He's pretty workable in the passing game. Had a couple of nice catches for 20-plus yards. When backup quarterbacks come in, what do they do a lot? They check down. down. They love to throw to their running backs and throw to their tight ends. So, you know, that might not be the most exciting play. But, again, let's start to factor in some things. Um, Players that you drafted that were busts, because it happens. We all want to pretend it doesn't happen. But, you know, Allen Robinson, for me, has been a bust. So there's no, no way of ignoring that. Just have to accept it and move on. By weeks, I mean, there's going to be weeks where four, even six teams aren't playing. Oh, yeah, and injuries. And then what about your players who are maybe borderline starts, but they're in a really tough matchup and you're just not comfortable with that? Those are four good reasons that I imagine a lot of people are going to be playing him in their fantasy lineups. So, again, it's it's funny. We talk about these guys. They're not super exciting, but they have a lot more value when you realize, to be honest, how little reliable talent is out there. Exactly. All right, guys, now we're going to go by position. We'll start off by breaking it down the quarterbacks. And there's a lot to discuss here. No one that absolutely stands out to me as a must pick up, but there are a lot of guys to consider and a lot of guys we need to talk about. And the first thing we need to mention this, you know, really fun to watch. All five of the first round rookie quarterbacks are playing this week are going to be starting. In fact, a sixth one. Well, he wasn't a first rounder rounder, but uh, Mills will be as well. That's, that's a lot of young talent at the quarterback position. So, you know, again, keep your eyes peeled. Not a lot of those guys offer a lot of value. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Most of them have been kind of disappointing. But that's sort of what you expect from a rookie. Just pay attention to it. There have also been a lot of other guys out there that are tempting to pick up, but I just couldn't quite do it. For one, Matt Ryan has been playing better lately, but he's got a bye week in week six, and he hasn't been playing great. He's been playing plug and playable. So you're not going to keep him on your roster for a week just to sit and wait. What about Jameis Winston? He had four touchdowns. He's been confusing. He had a five-touchdown game. He had a four-touchdown game. But in the other three games, he's just been flat, and he's been pretty bad for fantasy. And in that last four-touchdown game, it was against Washington. Washington's given up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So for, for me, that's you know kind of a red herring pickup. I'm not going to go after Jameis Winston. But there are so many guys to consider. What about Derek Carr and Sam Darnold? And before he got injured, even Daniel Jones, those three guys were playing well and had off weeks this week, but were still available enough that I consider talking about them. We've talked about them enough in previous videos that I won't mention it. But I think that if guys like Carr or Darnold are out there in your leagues, ignore the one bad week and roll with them. 
Um, but let's talk about some other guys. One is Taylor Heineke. He's 84% available. Heading into this game, he had just, you know, it was a little bit flat, wasn't his best game, but it was against a good Saints defense. And he was going into that with back-to-back three touchdown games. And, you know, he was playing really well. But then, of course, you go into a tough matchup, and none of these pickups are going to be matchup proof. No. So that's not a surprise. This week, though, he goes against the Chiefs. They give up the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, so definitely pick him up this week. If you're looking for a plug-and-play option, i got to be honest, I think your best option is Heineke. Um, taking a look at some other guys, what about Geno Smith? He was a guy who he didn't play a lot in that game. We don't know a lot about it, but he will be playing in for Russell Wilson. He's got a really awesome offensive-minded coach and two phenomenal weapons in the passing game. Lockett and Metcalf are great. So you definitely need to consider Geno Smith. Let's take a look back at his game, though. He went 10, or excuse me, he completed 10 of 17 attempts for 131 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. That was not over the course of a whole game, so he will be getting more attempts. And what was most impressive about that was it was versus the Rams defense, and they're a good defense. So for a plug-and-play quarterback option, I like Geno Smith versus the Steelers. They've given up eight touchdowns in three games, including two touchdowns to Bridgewater last week, and Bridgewater's coming off a concussion and banged up wide receivers and an all-around not super productive offense. Do you have anything to add to that? You know, no, I'm uh, I'm streaming quarterback in one of our dynasty leagues. I went with Kirk Cousins. We'll see week to week. It's one of those positions where I think you can find value weekly and you have to stream, but you also have to be flexible. Things change quickly. Uh, you talked about Winston there. Um, uh, he's not a guy I want to roll with, but I do believe when Michael Thomas comes back, I yeah. think it'll solidify a little bit and he'll have weeks that can be good. That will offer a lot more value, but right now he's really just lacking enough weapons in the passing yeah. game. And, and so one more guy to talk about. We got to talk about Davis Mills, 99% available. I don't trust him at this point, but you can't mention or you can't not mention a guy who goes for over 300 yards and three TDs versus a tough Patriots defense. Yeah, what happened there? I just, that was confusing for me. Uh, you know, to be quite honest, it almost looked like they were so prepped for that Bucks game that they, they were like short of breath for this game. I, I don't know what it was. They played so well in that one and then they were flat versus the Texans. Now, this week, Mills plays against the Colts. They've given up 11 touchdowns passing in their first four games. So, you know, that that defense has not been the worst in the league, but they are far from great or elite. Anyways, um, those are some quarterbacks to consider. As I've already said, I'm not huge on any of those guys. They're real just stream options. None of them are worth stashing and trusting for multiple weeks, except for guys like Carr or Darnold. But again, their, their availability has been dropping, and hopefully you've picked them up a few weeks ago. And one thing I will say uh, about Derek Carr, you don't feel bad. If you're a, if you're a Raiders fan, um, how many years have they done that now since uh, you know, the new coach took over there? You know, they, they'll, come, they'll start strong, they'll look good. They start 3-0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this year they finally got it all together. Now they've lost two in a row, and they're starting to struggle a little bit again, including yeah. Derek Carr. I do think that he'll come around. Yeah. So now I'm going to get into a bunch of running backs. And we've talked about this before. People have gotten upset in the past because we'll say, hey, this guy's 25% available. He's 20% available. And they're like, give me someone who's 95% available. And every once in a while, we can give you a guy like that that we're confident in. But here's what I'd rather do, and we've done this often, is mm-hmm. we'll give you a bunch of guys that might only be you know, 20 25% available. But if we give you six or seven guys, one of them's probably out there. Rather than giving you guys 95% available but carries a ton of risk. So right now, we're going to give you a bunch of guys out there that are not highly available per se, but I think guys that you can look for if you're in a need. Now, the first guy I want to mention is a guy who actually still is somewhat available. That's Samaj P. Ryan, 72% available. Uh, running back for the Bengals there, we've got Joe Mixon's balance some injuries. Now, Mixon did play today, but he actually got one more carry than Mixon, and Mixon didn't look 100%. You can tell he's not fully uh, ready to go there. Mm-hmm. Now, Mixon did have a touchdown. 
But uh, P. Ryan added four catches there and a receiving touchdown with that. Now, if you look at his career, he's a guy who's got limited ceiling. He hasn't been great at 3.8 yards per carry in his career. Now, he did have his best year last year with the Bengals, where he had a 4.8 yards per carry that year. And today he looked good with 5.4 yards per carry. So, yeah, he looks a little bit better than he did early in his career. Um, he's probably a handcuff for Mixon owners. And, of course, you have to watch and monitor Mixon's health. If for some reason he came out of today's game and he got banged up again or he's not quite there, um, that would also affect that, and you could maybe uh, bring his value up a little bit. Another thing you have to watch there is Joe Burrows. Uh, got hit pretty hard today, went down, looked pretty serious. He got up, he finished the game. This guy's looking better and better. Mm -hmm. uh, I like him. I like his future in the NFL. But after the game, he went to the hospital with a neck contusion, and we don't know the severity of that or what that is, but you have to monitor But uh, he's a guy that you can consider. Now, the guy out there, now, this guy's only 32% available. That's Eli Mitchell, the running back for San Francisco. Looked great the first two weeks before he got injured. He returned today. He looks spry, quick. He looks much more effective than any other back they've had there, including Sermon. Now, here's the concern I have is Lance at quarterback there. As long as he's at the helm, I think it does hinder that offense a little bit. Um, so it does lower the ceiling of that entire offense. I don't know your thoughts on that. No, I was just going to chip in. He looks really good. That offense scares me. Everyone seems to get hurt. they got to be doing something wrong there. It can't be a coincidence at this point. But he does. You know, when we talk about all the running backs we're looking at, he's got to have the most total upside. I don't know yeah. if that's just you when you look at no matter what the scoring is, no matter if it's redraft or dynasty, as a whole of all the running backs we're discussing in this video, he probably has the most value as a whole. But there's still a lot of concerns there, like you said. Uh, Trey Lance under center, that just scares me. He doesn't look quite ready to take that offense where it needs to go. Not yet, no. Uh, another guy out there running back-wise, Chubba Hubbard. I know you love this guy in the preseason. Yeah. He looked great. 21% uh, available. I tell you what, as long as Christian McCaffrey um, is not playing, this guy's a must-start. Today he looked really good. Mm -hmm. He had 24 carries, 101 yards. He also had five catches, 33 yards. Um, even when Christian McCaffrey comes back, I think he's a guy that you need to stash, and I'll tell you why. Um, we said it a couple years ago, we've been saying it for quite a while, Christian McCaffrey has so much talent, but injuries will be a concern for him throughout his whole career. And what we began to look at was size. Yeah. Okay, you've got to have size in the NFL. We're talking about the average size of the NFL player. Now, what he did, he came in the NFL, and he actually got pretty big. He worked out a lot, put muscle on. But there's a major difference between what they call natural size versus gym size. Yeah. And he put a lot of gym size on. Worked out, watched, put a ton of muscle on. But he doesn't have that sort of frame. He doesn't have that transformed body. Uh, I mean, he's got a transformed body, but he doesn't have that sort of... Uh, frame like a Derrick Henry or a Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. Guys that can carry that weight or a bigger bone. And so I think that Christian McCaffrey, who's very talented, will be prone to injuries. And so Chubba Hubbard's a guy that you got to grab. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I completely agree. And, and the science really supports it. When you, when you gain all that muscle, you work out, you put a lot more weight on, that's great. You know, it doesn't help you build your tendons up. You get bigger and stronger, but you're still just as prone to an ACL tear, except probably more because you're trying to cut just as fast with extra weight. Um, so, you know, it's really great when a guy can go out there and put that extra strength on, but extra strength does not equate to durability at all. Yeah, so another back you want to look at out there is the Bears running back situation. We talked about Damian Williams last week. He's 21% available there. Another guy, though, that you have to start to look at is rookie running back Khalil Herbert yeah. uh, for them, who's 81% available. Now, David Montgomery right now, I'm guessing he's going to miss four to six weeks. He's on the IR, so it's at least three weeks, but I think it's going to be probably longer. Mm -hmm. um, just like a couple years ago, Williams filled in really well for Casey, looked very good, and he looked good last week and again this week. Now, today they began to use Herbert there, um, and he looked good. In fact, they both went out. Williams had 16 carries, 64 yards, and uh, two catches. Herbert had 18 carries, 200, I'm sorry, 275 yards. That would be a lot of yards. It would huh? be a lot of yards. 18 carries for 75 yards. He had a 4.2 yards per carry. They, they both ran well. Um, here's what I do think, though, 
I think uh, he's a guy worth a look. He's a young guy. I think right now, though, the veteran's still going to get more looks simply because when it comes right down to it, especially with a rookie quarterback, yep. you want a running back there that understands pass catching, pass coverage, blocking schemes, things like that. He's been around for a while. So even though that guy looked really good, I don't think he's something to take over. I think they'll probably try to split carries with Williams still getting more um, touches or more time on the field. No, I completely agree with you. You would think, no, 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 this is a Bears team that's not competing for a Super Bowl. They want to get their young talent out there. Yes, but one, you've got a young quarterback. And first and foremost, you want a team around him that can allow him to get better. He needs to see what it looks like to be in the NFL. You can't, there's a reason no team has ever started 11 rookies on one side of the football. There's just a good reason for that. And we've already seen it this year with the Baltimore Ravens, where they had Tyson Williams, who looked better than Murray, and they decided to go with Murray because Murray had those extra things that a veteran does. They just make a difference. Yeah, and here's the thing you talk about them. I don't think they're a contender for the Super Bowl, but I tell you what, the Bears' defense looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and they're 3-2 and two right now, and they're finding ways to win games. And that defense is going to keep them a lot of games, so I think they're definitely going to be a contender, especially in that uh, – uh, Vikings division where right now everybody uh, kind of stinks. Everyone kind of stinks. Even the Packers who are four and one are barely winning those games. Taking some, he's taking the field goal. They had to win it on a field goal with the kicker who can't kick very yeah. well. Five missed field goals between the two. Nobody wanted to win that game. So, anyways, um, yeah, there there are teams you need to look at. Um, so I think those backs will split carries until David returns. Another guy out there, Alexander Madison, twenty five percent available. Man, we hammered him before, uh, you know, before this a couple weeks ago. We said he's yeah. a guy that's got to be out there. You got to pick him up. Delvin Cook is another guy with a history of injuries, and man, he has looked really good. In fact, of the two backs when they played, Alexander Madison actually performed better in that offense. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a better running back. I'm just saying so far he's performed really well there. He went out today, and he was very, very effective. His stats were great. His numbers were great. He did have a terrible fumble that almost cost us the game there. But thank God we're playing the Lions, and they allow us to come back and kick that game-winning field goal to win that one. But anything to say on that one? No, I'm just going to be really quiet on the Lions thing. I just It's nice to know that someone else feels our pain. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Lions, we got Jamal Williams, 22% available. Uh, he's a Lions back. Right now, that is a running back by committee timeshare. Swift, um, he, he's kind of lost that lead role at this point. And they're going to get high usage for both of those backs because I don't think they have a lot of great receivers. The quarterback, Goff, is not a great quarterback, and so they're going to get a lot of usage. I think for Williams, 15 to 18 touches per game is very good. This guy's also very good in passing situations, so that makes him a very solid flex play in PPR leagues. Then you have Miles Gaskins, 27% available. Um, he's strong in PPR leagues. you got to really fade him in standard leagues. Now, today he goes out... Five carries, 25 yards, but he has 10 catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. And, and when he has a good game, it looks something like that. He's not going to yeah. get you 25 carries, 100 yards. That's not part of his game. But he has huge upside in PPR leagues. So he's a guy that's a good all-purpose back. In fact, until Tua comes back as a quarterback there, if you look at Brissett, um, Dinkin and Duckett here and there is kind of his MO. And so yeah. uh, that's going to continue to be, I think, the way they're going to see that offense run. Uh, Gaskin's so funny because he doesn't get enough volume in the running game, so he has to do it in the passing game, and he does. So he becomes a bit of a PPR specialist. But if we're being honest, he doesn't get enough in there to make him worth starting if he doesn't score a touchdown. So he's a PPR specialist who is touchdown dependent. I don't think I've ever seen that before, but that's really what he is. You have to play him in the right yeah. matchups. Although today, 10 catches, 70-some yards. I mean, that uh, even the two touchdowns would have been a good PPR day. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, 30% available out there. He's looking like the lead guy. Uh, Tony Pollard, 26% available. Uh, that team's feeding both backs. This is not like who's going to win out. They're going to continue giving them probably, I would say, you know, 30, 35 carries a game between the two backs. And him having 10 to 15 carries per game 
is not going to be contingent or it's not going to require Zeke to have an injury or ineffectiveness. Yeah. Zeke, by the way, is looking really good. Yeah. Yeah. Some people kind of got on you about that, but he's, he's looking just fine, isn't he? Yeah. Some people did. I remember in the preseason talking about how good I thought he was going to be this year. He's been fine after a, a bad week one. So it's been funny to see that again with every player we've seen that just sheer panic on Derrick Henry and Saquon and all the running backs week one. It's, it's kind of fun to watch the hysteria at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and James Radchek, if you're watching this, I think you owe Christian a little apology, right? Yeah, you're right. That being said, I think we owe him a little apology on Joe Burrow. He's been phenomenal. He has been really good. Yes, he has. So we'll exchange that. We'll, we'll trade that up. I'll admit to me when we're rolling. So uh, here's the thing about Pollard. He's looking really good, and he had a strong showing today. He had 14 carries, 75 yards, yeah. four catches, 28 yards. He's a backup, but did you know what he's on pace to have yards-wise for the year if he continues his pace? I don't know, but I know you know. 1,048 rushing yards. As a backup. And I think that's going to what they're going to continue to do in that offense there. So he's a guy you definitely have to grab. And there's A.J. Dillon. Uh, he's looking pretty good there. Uh, right now, he's a handcuff. I wouldn't start him, but he's getting better and better. Um, he's one of these guys that he's one injury away from being a great back. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, um, 58% available out there. I like him. And we said this last week that he's a guy that you stash, but don't start. Mm-hmm. Um, in a dynasty league, he's worth a stash. Don't play him yet. Um, Marlon Mack, 91% available out there. He's been mentioned a lot in trade. Um, conversation we think he might get traded to a contender and then mark ingram and this one uh this one's icky he is 61 percent available i would only play him in very desperate standard leagues he did have double digit carries again he's done it three out of five weeks but he's very low down there if you're desperate so those are a few names for you to consider here's the thing i would say though um if you want to know what you should grab of all the guys that we mentioned leave a comment because we can ask you questions like what's your score and what's your bench what are your needs things like that so that will help us well and there's a reason we order our top five we are not ordering the running backs because there's really no way it feels like comparing apples and oranges it really depends on what you're working with there and what you need but why don't we move on to our wide receivers now so now to the wide receivers, some names to consider out there. Uh, a couple guys, Jerry Judy. I know you had wide receiver for the Broncos and Michael yeah. Thomas. Um, Judy's 25%. Michael Thomas is 21% available out there. So they're not readily available for you guys out there. Somebody might drop them. These guys are about to come back in like a week or two. Uh-huh. Great wide receivers that people have forgotten about that are out there. This is where, and I know this sounds dumb, I re- not a lot of people watch when they're 0-4 or 0-5. I get it. But if you're 0-4 and 0-5 in a dynasty league and you're wondering how I can possibly fix my keepers, this is how you do it. Because teams that are winning and they want to win a championship now, they can't afford to keep them on their roster. Yeah, they're desperate. And in fact, I, I let go of some talented guys because I was 4-0 and I feel like I'm going to be a contender this year. I dropped some guys I didn't want to drop because I had to play week to week. So yeah, you definitely do that. Another guy that I think you need to look at, a guy that you have also is Pittman, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. 25% available. He's a second-year wide receiver. Uh, big guy, six foot four, physical. He's their best wide receiver. He's a guy that I think has got value not only this year but in years to come. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark? Oh, I was just going to add to that. He, you know, he's had not the most phenomenal start. We get our expectate to his career. We get our expectations way out of whack when we see what Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase have done. But let's not forget. It took, you know, Mike Williams quite a while to really put everything together. He looked good, but it was just something was missing. It seemed like every year for him to take that step. Sure enough, he's fine now. Like, get comfortable with the idea that not everyone's going to be dominant from day one. You know, speaking of Mike Williams, once again, uh, he's a guy that we said he's had one year of 1,000 yards receiving. He also has had a year with double-digit touchdowns. never quite had it together. Uh, about three, four weeks ago, we actually said this is the year that we think it all comes together for him. And I tell you what, it is coming together really well for him right now. Yeah. Another guy out there is Marquez Callaway, 70% available. Um, his targets are low, so that concerns me. It's not a high-volume offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think his value, his consistency will level out and be better once Michael Thomas comes back and he's not seeing the number one corner. 
Uh, but he's a second-year player that's athletic. He's had some very nice catches. He's got big playability, uh, and his role is increasing. So he's a guy that I'm more kind of going to put on that watch list, or if you have very, very deep benches, then you maybe want to throw out there. You have Emmanuel Sanders out there for Buffalo, 38% available. Uh, his role is expanding, which has actually made a guy like Cole Beasley, who was good last year, kind of non-factor at this point as far as fantasy goes. Uh, Sterling Shepard's about to come back. I wasn't really big on that because of the development of Tooney, but now with Galladay out possibly with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he also important to remember that Shepard, before he got hurt, was actually their most effective wide receiver. Yeah. Then you got Hunter Renfro. Uh, 55% available. He's a sure-handed slot receiver. He gobbles up targets. He reminds me a lot of uh, Cole Beasley, what he did last year, or a guy like Jameson Crowder. Um, men like that, <clears throat> except he's a lot younger. And because he's younger, I think he's got a higher ceiling, meaning he, he's a quality PPR play as a flex. Yeah. Um, but he could develop into a Wes Welker type of wide receiver. He's had double-digit points in PPR leagues all five weeks. That's pretty hard Quietly, to argue with yeah. that. And he did it again. Once again. I know we get excited about that big breakout week, but I'd rather take that because it's nothing more frustrating than a guy that goes out and he gets you 100 yards and a touchdown and he gets you 25 points for the next week, two catches for 25 yards. Uh, it just kill your team, and this is a guy that's been consistent. He's got a very safe floor, maybe a limited ceiling. And then you got Rashad uh, Bateman, wide receiver for the Ravens, first-round pick, supposed to be the possession receiver. They like him more than the Marquez Brown there. He's about to come back. And a couple of other guys I would watch, but I wouldn't run to real quickly, is Dominant Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the Browns there. That one's tough because, one, that team is defense-focused, and they run the ball all the time. Yeah. And then there's the running, or the wide receiver for the, the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown, Who's, uh, his role is beginning to expand a little bit. So those guys that I'd put on the watch list, I probably wouldn't pick up, but just keep an eye on them. Now I think we're going to shift to the tight ends. If you have anything you want to add to those wide receivers. Yeah, before we get to the tight ends, there's one guy I wanted to mention. That was Rashad Bateman. And I know, you you know, we tend to think he wasn't one of those early first-round pick wide receivers. It's not in the most exciting and most prolific offense. He probably won't even be the number one wide receiver. Like, there's a lot of concerns there. But let's be honest, everything you... I just said about Bateman, people were saying about Kadarius Toney, and he just had that big week. When you have a rookie who's talented, you really are just a couple weeks away from that happening. doesn't happen to every rookie. doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen, and when it does, you, you'd be happy to stash them on your bench. And again, huge dynasty stash. I tell you what, when we look back years ago at this wide receiver class of this year, it's yeah. going to be one of the best ever. It's so loaded with talent. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our tight ends, though. All right, so let's get into the tight ends. I need a tight end really badly. Okay, so please tell me who to pick up this week because I got uh, Kittle and he's on the IR and I need it bad. So um, what do you got for us? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not going to talk about guys we've already talked Like Schultz, he's really off the oh, waiver wire gosh, now. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Guys, I really hope you listen to us. He had another great game. He did, yeah. In fact, he had another great game. He was really close to another touchdown that he dropped, but... Yeah. Um, Talking about the tight ends, again, we already mentioned one Hunter Henry. We got to mention Dan Arnold, 96% available. He's going to be out there for basically everybody. Get this. He's played just two games for the Jaguars. They just traded for him, which means a lot. That is a very big deal when a team goes out there and makes a move to get you. In just his second game in this offense, he had eight targets, six catches, and 64 yards. He is going to etch out a really big role in that offense, especially because one of their wide receivers, DJ Chark, is out. And there's, you know, been... Little underwhelming performance there from LaVisca Chenault uh, through a lot of games this season. So they're going to lean on this guy. They're going to use him. And let's be honest, I think his ceiling's a little higher than this game. I think he could easily have games where he's catching touchdowns and going 75 plus yards. 
But at this point, off the waiver wire, a guy in a PPR league to get you six catches for 65 yards at tight end, that's pretty darn good. That's pretty hard to argue with. Um, another guy to consider is David Njoku, 98% available. Here's the thing. I want to get so excited about him, but I do want to temper your expectations a bit. He had six catches for 139 yards and a touchdown versus the Chargers last game. He looked phenomenal. But Austin Hooper is still there. In fact, and we watched that play together, who caught the two-point conversion? Austin Hooper. They just So for me, it's a very confusing situation. They're going to stick with, you know, I guess a tight end by committee system, whatever. I know that's not really a thing. Hooper is still going to have a role there. This seems like a bit of a fluke, but you got to at least keep your eye on David Njoku. He's a former first round pick. He's insanely, insanely talented. He's in great shape, very physically gifted. Um, and they're really lacking wide receivers. That helps them out a lot. That being said, they've lacked wide receivers for a while now. So you have to wonder why this didn't come weeks ago. He could very well do the Mike Gesicki thing and and just bounce right back to nothing next week. Who knows? So I'm going to say this, unless you're really desperate and one of the previous two tight ends isn't out there, I'm going to say watch, but don't pick up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, well, you know, I I think it's tough because you want us to give you a guy right now that that is matchup-proof week to week that you can plug and play and trust. Okay, that's pretty much two guys right now. I think Pitts is going to become a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, George Kittle when he's 100% healthy. But otherwise, you got Waller and you get Kelsey. Otherwise, that's any tight end out there right now. I say, if you want a tight end that you can trust from week to week that's going to get you consistent, solid production, I'm going to tell you where to find them. Just please pause this, turn up the volume, listen close. You find them in the first two rounds of your draft. And after that, you don't find them. And even Travis Kelsey, by the way, who's the best tight end right now in football and maybe the best tight end uh, ever statistically when it's all said and done you know I mean even last week he, he kind of laid an egg out there he went out and he had one catch for 15 yards before that he had four for 23 um so I mean even the great ones are going to have off games yeah so finally I want to mention one more guy if you're not you know again if you don't want to pick up Najoku if Henry's not out there and Arnold's not out there there's one more guy that you can consider while Logan Thomas is out Ricky Seals Jones is 98% available he just saw eight targets Five catches for 41 yards versus the Saints, who give up the ninth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. This week he goes against the Chiefs, giving up the fourth most. So that is one more tight end there for you to consider. All right, getting into the kickers now. I'm going to keep this short and simple. Let's be honest, most people probably aren't watching this for the kickers, but we do got to give you some options. So what about Rodrigo Blankenship? 50% available, that means half of you guys have him as an option. Now, we are recording this before the Monday night game in week five, meaning we haven't seen his week five performance. That being said, I feel confident enough to say that at 50% available, you should probably pick him up if you're looking for a week six pickup. Even if he has a bad week five, don't throw the baby out the bathwater. Don't panic on a bad week. He's been phenomenal through the first four weeks. He was eighth in fantasy scoring despite being really having a slow start in week one. He is a good kicker. The only concern there is games where he might not kick a bunch, but phenomenal kicker, pick him up. You know, might not finish the year as one of those top three fantasy tight ends, but he really is top three kicker in the league. I think so. He's up there. He's certainly not Justin Tucker good, but he's one of those guys who is really good. He's not going to miss you a ton. He's not going to do the Mason Crosby thing. So um, that's one of your options. And the other guy is, and I'm going to say it for, I think the fourth week in a row, in a row, because apparently no one either watches our videos or listens to them, but Brandon McManus is still 60% available. He has been great in four or five games, and he hasn't missed a kick. 
They're going to get their wide receiver back. They're going to be a little more productive. Uh, Brandon McManus, great kicker there to consider. Finally, guys, let's get into the defenses. There's not a lot here. It's very similar to like the tight ends or the kickers. If you want one, you can play every single week. You had to draft one of those top ones. At this point, you should probably just be streaming. Your options that I, I would say to look at, one are the Panthers. They're 41% available. They have eight or more fantasy points in four of five games. They really only had one bad week, and the bad week that they had for fantasy points was versus Dallas's offense. They're just a good offense. What do you expect there? Now, I will say this. I don't expect a monstrous week from them this week. They do go up against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are not allowing opposing defenses to score a lot of points. But this is one of those exceptions where I might pick them up and they're, they're going to be valuable for many weeks this season. So this isn't a one-week pickup. The Panthers defense is probably the one available defense out there that I trust in a lot of matchups. That being said, I kind of like the Cardinals. They're 47% available. They're currently second in fantasy scoring amongst defenses, and they're allowing about 20 points per game to opposing offenses, which feels kind of high, but they're averaging 35 points a game, which tells us a lot of those numbers are garbage time stats. It's led to sacks, interceptions, fumbles, turnovers in general. That Cardinals defense as well is pretty good. They're, they don't fare well against really great offenses. They're not going to fare well if they're playing a team that slows them down for once. But, you know, in a lot of matchups, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I like uh, fantasy defenses that are connected to good offenses. Even if that defense is not as good because they put up points, which forces the other team to have to throw. That creates sacks. Uh, turnovers, uh, interceptions, stuff like that. So I love that it, it forced the other team. In fact, you're seeing it, for example, right now, like that Pittsburgh defense. It seems like they've lost a step this year, and I think a lot of it is the fact that that offense is not scoring. Other offenses can play conserve. They don't have to throw the ball as much, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So to me, Arizona's defense is good, if no other reason, because that offense is so good. Exactly. I don't think they're a really good defense, but their offense is good enough for them, and they get the turnovers. And you know what they do have? They have good defensive backs, and that leads to, again, the turnovers. But those teams were both less than 50%. Amongst them, you could probably find one of those two options. I want to give you one more. I like to have one that's over 50% available in every category. So let's go Packers at 76% available. They've scored seven fantasy points, three straight games. That's not exciting. That's not a ton. But it's safe, consistent production, and this should be a good week for them. They go up against the Bears, who give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And... You know, let's be honest, that uh, that offense is a bit of a mess right now. They could certainly take advantage of that, make a lot of turnovers. This could be a week for them to go 10 or more fantasy points. Um, so those are your options there. I actually like them quite a bit. Maybe I should re- redact what I said about the Panthers because I wouldn't say they're the only team that has multiple week value. You have to think the Panthers, or excuse me, the Cardinals defense has a lot yeah. of value for a lot of weeks. But um, that's my breakdown there for the defenses. Rob, do you want to add anything before we close this video out? No. All right, guys, as always, like, share, leave a comment. Let's talk some football. You guys have a great day, and God bless.